born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. But look what it says down here in verse 41. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people. Did you know that command that came from the book of Matthew, chapter 28? And he says, and teaching them all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So the command that Christ gave to his disciples was to be passed on to those that they reached and on to those that they reached. Did you know that you, you, you are commanded by God to witness? Now, you may not but you're commanded. Like it or not, I didn't write the book. I'm just telling you what it says. You and I are under a command. We have been entrusted with the gospel. Now, let me make sure you understand this. We have Peter who works for us here in the ministry. We got James that works for us here in the ministry. Did you know that all those people that James leads to the Lord, he don't get all the credit for that. You say, why? Because we pay him. All those that get on Friday night soul winning, he don't get credit for all of those. We pay him. But you see why we want to pay these guys? Because they have fruit that abounds to our account. That's why we do it for missionaries. We want soul winners because it puts fruit to your account. You, when you get to heaven, if you support this church, you're supporting those soul-winning efforts. Because simply, if James didn't win people to the Lord, I'd probably fire him. But he is a soul winner. (laughs) Well, that was kind of strong, wasn't it? (laughs) He'll play St. Martin. Preach, I'll get on the ball. But I want him to do what he's doing because I know that when he leads people to the Lord... He's doing it because he's got the time to do it. And we make it possible. And because he does such a wonderful job, we know that there's going to be fruit that abounds to the people who support this ministry. And whenever they go out on Friday night soul winning, you know they wouldn't be doing that if, if, if Peter didn't have, hadn't got that thing started. And you think about all those people. Or we have all those people who trust the Lord because of the radio. And just like this morning, we had this guy come in here who trusts the Lord from listening to Hank on the radio. Years ago, back in the 80s, I think he said. How many of those guys are out there? How many are out there? 
Did you know all those people who gave and supported the radio ministry? There's fruit that abounds to their account. So that's why when you give, you're given to a soul-winning ministry because we've got soul winners here. And that's what makes it so important. And, and you're not wasting your time. You're not wasting your money. And even though you may give sacrificially and you have a lot of time, you don't have a lot of, to give. But you do it and you're faithful in doing it. And yet there will be people that will be in heaven because of what you did. You made it possible. You made it possible. And I think it's, uh, it's worthy to note that and to give you credit for that. But look what he says there in verse 43. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Isn't that a wonderful verse? That is a powerful verse. This is what the Old Testament prophets talked about, about the one that was going to come. You see, the word Christ meant the one that was going to make the payment for sin. He was to be the sacrifice, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so when he came and he died on the cross, paid for the sins of the world, you and I can have eternal life. And it says in verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. That means those who heard, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so this is to those who did hear. They heard it. They believed. Because you'll see over there in the following verse, that those that believed it, in verse 17 of chapter 11, he says, For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us, who did what? Who believed? So when, then we know that over there, it's because they believed the word that they heard. And it says, And they were indwelt, and they spoke in languages. They spoke in tongues. And the word unknown is not mentioned here. In verse 45, it says, And they of the circumcision, that's those Jewish guys who came along with Peter to the household of Cornelius. And so the circumcision is to the Jews. And so here's these six Jews that went along, and they heard them speak. They understood. And it says there, uh, They of the circumcision which believed, so these were believers, were astonished as many as came with Peter, those were the Jewish ones, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, this is the same thing that happened on the day of Pentecost. And it was to convince the unbelieving Jews. Here was some Jews who were already saved but didn't believe the Gentiles could have the baptism of the Holy Spirit or that they were supposed to reach them. There's so much that God had to teach them. And when they heard, they believed that they had also been granted the gift of eternal life. And it says that in chapter 11. In verse 46, and they heard them speak with tongues, languages, and magnify God. So they not only heard, they knew what they were saying, and they knew that they were magnifying the Lord about whatever was saying. But it was the evidence or the proof that these Jews needed to know and hear. And remember, tongues was always for a sign. It was not a sign to the person that did the speaking. It was the one that was a sign to the one that was doing the hearing of what they were saying. So he says here in verse 47, Can any man forbid water that they should not be baptized? So evidently, somewhere along the line, they had to cover that issue. True, it doesn't say that, but evidently it did. But if you look there in chapter 10 
And you'll notice where it talks about John the Baptist in verse 37. That word I say you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. And so if they listened and they heard the message that John preached, he baptized with water. Now take your Bible, hold it right here. But turn over there to the book of John in chapter 7. John and chapter 7. And you notice there's a verse there, verse 39, where it makes the statement that on the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And as the scripture hath saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. So look up there in verse 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So whenever they did believe it, now it says that they were indwelt, received the Holy Spirit. And then they were water baptized. Now this is with the Apostle Peter. Now when you talk about the Apostle Paul, it's even still in the book of uh, Acts in chapter 19, where the Apostle Paul uh, is still doing it the other way. And there's a reason, but we don't have time for that now. We'll get into chapter 19 a little bit later. But go back there now to the book of Acts in chapter 10. So he says, what does hinder us from baptizing them? In verse 47, can any man forbid water that they should not be baptized? Which, and here's these two words, you need to underline it in your Bible. It's past tense. Have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. Just like us Jews, these Gentiles have received the Holy Ghost. So you see, John the Baptist would baptize in water, saying you need to believe on him who comes after me. Whose shoe latches, I'm not worthy to even bow down and tie shoes. He's coming after me, but he is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. But I'm baptizing you with water. But I'm doing this because you believe the message that I preach about believing on him whom God has sent. So when they believed that message, they were baptized in water. But being baptized in water is a picture of your death, burial, and resurrection. So when you believe that Christ the Messiah is going to do this for you, you believe that and you were baptized in water. But it was a picture of the Holy Spirit baptism that they were going to receive later. So now after the cross, here we are. We trust Christ as our Savior. We are baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. The very moment you trust the Lord. And whenever that happens, then God says we should be baptized in water. So this is the sequence that's used here. They heard the word, and they believed it. And they were baptized by the Holy Spirit, and then baptized in water. So he says here in verse 48, And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Being baptized in the name of the Lord, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, is being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I always use the three names when I baptize somebody. But anyway, the issue was not over. There was still a problem. When they got back to Jerusalem, there were some people there that um, had a problem with Peter 
going to a household of Cornelius, a Gentile. So in verse 1, And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision, the Jews, contended with him. In other words, who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? In other words, they faced him with this issue. Don't you know that Jews don't do this? So now he has to tell what happened again. So he says in verse 3, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised, those Gentiles, and did eat with them. See those two things. But Peter, in verse 4, rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them and said. So now he's starting at the beginning again, and he got to go through everything all over again. Now, whether or not he says more and explains more than what we do in the other places, we don't know. But we are told enough to get the understanding. Don't always try to understand everything and try to make something out of everything in the Scriptures. It'll blow your mind. If you can even just skim the surface, it's more than you can handle, I assure you. But he makes a statement here in verse 5. I was in the city of Joppa praying, minding my own business, on my house top, in my own house. And in a trance, I added all that. That wasn't in there. That's not in the original. And in a trance, I saw a vision, a certain vessel descend, as it had been a great sheet, let down from heaven by four corners. And it came even to me. Upon the which, when I had fastened my eyes, I considered and saw four-footed beasts of the earth, wild beasts and creeping things and fowl of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God hath cleansed, that call thou not common. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. You see, this illustration is where those Jews that he was trying to explain this to, this is where they were. Not so, Lord. And he says, God had to teach me by this example. How do you think they were ever going to fulfill the Great Commission if somewhere along the line they didn't believe that those outside the realm of Judaism was acceptable? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, only to the Jews. <laughs> somewhere along the line, something hadn't connected yet. But Lord was working with them. And so he says in verse 11, And behold, immediately there were three men already come unto the house where I was, sent from Caesarea unto me. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Do you see why in the transition period between the dispensation of law and the dispensation of grace, God had to intervene in a special way and perform miracles and angels had to come and people had to go into trances because nobody had ever done what God wanted done. God was having to work on these individuals. 
God had to establish some things so that they would believe that what he said was true. Otherwise, those Jews probably never would have left. Do you realize what God had to do to Jonah just to get him to go to Nineveh? So he says here, verse 14, Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved? It's by the words. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, you say, well, I just want to live my life in front of people. Well, that's called lifestyle evangelism. The only thing that's wrong with it is it doesn't work. It doesn't tell a man how to go to heaven. I don't care how holy you live, how much money you give, how much you pray. Nobody can get saved by watching how you live. They still don't know about Christ. They won't know about his death on the cross. They won't know about his resurrection. They don't know about the power of forgiveness that can have eternal life. How can they know all of that? By watching a man how he lives. Faith cometh by hearing. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. So he says, we preach the word. In verse 15, and as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us. As on us, the Jews. At the beginning, the first time this ever happened was on the day of Pentecost. So that's why it's the baptism of the Jews and also the Gentiles. When we talk about, and it makes a statement in the book of Romans in chapter 1 and verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I, I believe that my goal in life is not to the Jew first. I believe that what God is saying, that he's already went to the Jew first. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He went to them again in the book of Acts, and Stephen was stoned. They still rejected. So yes, they did go to the Jew first in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and even in Samaria. And even when the Apostle Paul became the preacher to the Gentiles, everywhere he went, he would always go to the, Gent uh, to the synagogue. And then afterwards, he went to the Gentiles. You see, you and I, I don't believe that I have a command from God. that It's, it's to the black man first, and then the Hispanic, and then the Indians, and then the white man. No. It's not to the Jew first. And then to the Gentiles. No, it was to the Jew first. But now it's also to the Gentiles. So I believe that I, don't, I am not a respecter of persons. I don't care if the man is a Jew, an Arab, an Indian, Spanish. I don't care what he is. If I get an opportunity to talk to him, I just want to talk to him about the Lord. Nothing else matters. Because I don't think we are supposed to be a respecter of persons. We should love the world just like God does. Be willing to reach anybody and everybody any way we can. So he made this statement here. In verse 16, Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. This is because he heard him say this in Acts chapter 1, right before the day of Pentecost. And so this is a fulfillment 
Uh, not only what happened on the day of Pentecost, but also now with the Gentiles. Hold your place right here and look there in the First Corinthians in chapter 12. First Corinthians in chapter 12. First Corinthians in chapter 12, and look there in verse 13. Verse 13 says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. So we have been baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. So God is taking believing Jews and believing Gentiles and putting them together and forms the church. It's a wonderful thing. Now go back there to these last two verses in Acts chapter 11. For as much then as God gave them the like gift, as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I should withstand God? This is a statement to these ones that wanted to contend with him. Because, see, God had to do a work in these Jewish people's minds because of how they were thinking and their tradition. And then he says in verse 18, When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Granted is past tense. And up there, who believed is past tense. So they had already believed it and received it and had been given eternal life. Just take very quickly before we close, look in the book of Acts chapter 15. Chapter 15. Because the question came down about the Jews and the Gentiles. And they were saying that we need to put those Gentiles underneath the Jewish law and make them keep the law and to be circumcised. So it says in verse 7, And when there had been much disputing, Peter, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the what? Gospel. So we know that when Peter went, he preached to them the gospel. And what else? And believe. In verse 8, And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us Jews. And get this, verse 9, Put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts, and you ought to underline these two words, by faith. And then get this, verse 10. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke of works upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? They had the law for 1,500 years and never kept the law. Why would you want to put that upon the necks of the disciples and try to get the Gentiles to live as do the Jews when the Jews couldn't live good enough for it? So he says in verse 11, verse 11, you ought to underline it in your Bible. But we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved 
us Jews, we shall be saved even as they, just like the Gentiles. I love the way that's turned around. But anyway, I believe the book is clear, it's simple, and I don't think it's that hard and complicated to understand. But as you go through this, doesn't it seem like this whole thing is about the gospel? It's about witnessing, people trusting the Lord. It's like that's, that's all it's about. But, you know, unless you're strong in the Lord, you're not going to stay about this. Because it's natural for man. You ever heard of the second law of thermodynamics? Everything has a tendency of running down toward disorder and chaos. Did you know without a special effort and the strength from the Lord, your life will easily go downhill into chaos? And after a while, you won't even know who you are, what you are, what you're supposed to be doing. And you'll be surprised how your whole life can be totally changed from the dedication that you have at this moment. The devil can work on you. And buddy, he does he ever work. This hand represents you and me. The Bible says that God loves us and there's no difference. We're all the same. He's not a respecter of persons. The Lord says that we've all sinned. We've all done things wrong. We cannot save ourselves by our works. We need a Savior. To go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. I'd have to be forgiven of all of my sins. Because to pay for if I pay for them, I go to hell. So if God can forgive me and not hold me accountable, well, then I'd get to go to heaven. So God says you cannot earn your way to heaven. You need a Savior. This hand represents... Jesus Christ, he's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world, and he didn't have any sin, so he didn't have to die. But because he was the lamb sent into the world, without spot, without blemish, he took all of the sins of all the world upon himself. And God allowed his son to die for our sins. He came back again from the dead and says, all that we have to do is if we'll believe that he did it for us, he would put that payment to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here tonight, maybe you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I want you to know God does love you. He doesn't love you any more or any less, but he does love you. But why not right now, if you've never done so, or if you're listening by internet tonight, would you trust the Lord? Believe that he died and paid for your sins. Will you trust him to take you to heaven when you die? God said if you would believe that, he would give you the free gift of eternal life. Never cast you out and never lose you. And if you're making that decision, I'd like to have prayer for you. I can't save you. Raising your hand won't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. And you said, preacher, that made sense to me, and I believe it. I believe Christ died for me, and I'm going to trust him to take me to heaven. If you've never done it, and you'll do it right now, would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Is there anyone at all? You and I that have trusted Christ as our Savior, you see the joy that we can have that's why whenever they tell us a report about the Friday night soul winning, you ought to be so happy. You just made another deposit into your account. 
when James leads somebody to the Lord or anybody else in this ministry, when you lead people to Christ because in this ministry, by our encouraging one another, we pass on our tracts, we buy books, we sell CDs, we try to get the gospel into the hands of anybody we can, there's fruit being placed into your account as though you did it. So you didn't have to always do it, but you make it possible. Father, thank you so much for this church and these people who see and understand this. Bless each one. We thank you for all you've done for us in Christ's name. Amen. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.